Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh my dear brothers, sisters and friends and the foes out there and welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers podcast with your host Dili Hussain. Uh, I apologise in advance for two things. I know it's been about two and a half weeks since our last episode. Uh, but since our last episode did so well, I just thought it let it run its course. Uh, Aki has not been able to join me for the last couple of episodes. He's got a fair amount of uh, work commitments, but he'll be joining us very soon, inshallah. Today's guests are two brothers who are very close to me um, from a work point of view, not any other point of view. But um, I had the honor of working with them for around two, two and a half years. Um, working under us or working with us? I said working with. Oh, right. Why did you have to say working under? This is just. Don't just thought to clarify. Don't introduce power dynamics yet. Anyway, so these are two brothers who are very dear to me. They don't need any introduction, at least from for those of you who are engaged in and aware of DAO activities online and offline. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm going to give them a brief introduction. Today we have with us Imran Hussein, who is the founder of the Epistemics YouTube channel and also a celebrated staff member and DAO carrier for AERA. And then we have Sabur Ahmed who is the founder of the Darwinian Delusion uh, channel and nearly got me fired in my first week of Aira. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, and uh, <laughs> in addition to their uh, commonly known uh, association with Aira, they are also unpaid mercenaries for this newly formed Sapiens Institute. But we can touch upon that later. Assalamu alaikum. How you doing, brothers? Good, good, bro. good, good to see you. And I see you, I get flashbacks yeah. of of uh, no, just generally 2015 and the fun we had back then and with Kamran and you know all the. It was a difficult work. time, if you remember, though. It was the peak of the investigation, wasn't it? It was, it was. But we got through that, alhamdulillah. We did, and it was also just the peak of uh, all the stuff that was happening. You know, because we, we we were like kind of like sweeping streets. Attending like uh, environmentally friendly hippie protest. Do you remember? There was a lack of identity at that time. Yeah, yeah. I think we tried doing a lot within a space of time, but I think it's more defined now. You raise. What do you think? Yeah. 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 But anyway, let me set the tone for today's podcast. Yeah, sure. All right. You both are on a boat journey for seven days. Uh, there's no TV, there's no internet, there's no books. You only have human beings that you can take with you. I'm going to present to you both, one by one, two individuals. You have to choose one. Yeah? These are individuals that you have to spend a seven-day boat journey with, with no other source of entertainment or anything to keep you busy, no gym, no books, no toys, nothing. How big is the boat? That's the question. Um, it's as big as you want it to be. Right? Ready? Okay. Let's start with you, Sabu. Hamza or Abdurrahim Green? Ah. It has to be up there, him. Imran? Hamza, I think I'll kill him after one day. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to add him to the mix. If it was him, I'd say I'll throw him off deliberately and okay. go myself. Um, between the two, Hamza, because I know him better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Abdullah Andalusi or Adnan Rashid? Adnan will probably end up being an existential threat for me. He's experienced so, that. So. He tried to drown me in Malawi. Belt treatment. Um, Abdullah's good. Um, I would say for entertainment, though, probably Adnan. Imran? Adnan, because I know him better. Fair enough. Frederick Nietzsche or Charles Darwin? Oh, Darwin, come on. <laughs> uh, Darwin knew about, and he spoke about Hurul Ain as well, so, you know. I'll take Nietzsche. Talk about stuff. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Why not Darwin compared to, I mean, I knew Saburu was going to say Darwin. Because Saburu was going to take Darwin, right? Okay. So I don't want to share what he's, Fair enough. who he's taking. Um, but Nietzsche, because of his views on 
nihilism and his, his outlook on the future. Interesting. Which we live in now. Dr. Isar Ahmed or Alama Iqbal? Oh, May Allah have mercy oh, oh. on them both. Now Dr. Israr. Dr. Israr. Yeah, Dr. Israr Ahmed, definitely. A very tough question yeah. there. Very tough. Ahmed Didat or Dr. Zakir Naik? Ahmed Didat. Didat. Sheikh Didat, yeah. Adam Smith or Karl Marx? Karl Marx. Marx, yeah. Muhammad Hijab or Ali Dawa? <laughs> Ali Dawa. Really? Yeah. Because Hijab just off. I mean, firstly, <laughs> his, his, he, he needs an enemy. Right? So, me and him, in a week, he'll probably dig up some dirt on me and then declare war <laughs> in the boat. So, Imran, I'd rather be safe. Um, I think Ali's a safe bet. But he won't have any outlet to put the stuff out. No, but. Maybe he'll start sending smoke signals, <laughs> but he needs an enemy <laughs> and he needs to declare war. And if, if I'm the only person on the boat for a week, then uh, yeah, I think it'd be tough. Yeah, I'd enough. probably take hijab. Just because I think hijab tends to you, you, have you, his quiet you, moments. I like my quiet moments as well. He'll probably be a bit more quiet. Fair enough. Um, Sam Harris or Richard Dawkins? Richard Dawkins. Dawkins, yeah. Okay. Yeah. William Lane Craig or Pope Francis? Pope Francis. I'll take Francis as well, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll take the Pope. Okay. Probably easy to give that out to. Okay. Um, Imran or Salahuddin? Salahuddin. Sabur or Salahuddin? Bro, it's not even a choice. It's, I would throw him off <laughs> if, I had, if I had the choice. You should. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Salahuddin, definitely. Okay, now this is just one personal Because I've lived with him, bro, in Canada for 10 days. Okay. The and guy would wash his clothes in the sink. And hang him up on the thing and then spill, spill gherkin juice on the bed and sleep in it. I don't want to experience wait, 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 that again no, in my life, bro. Never again. Listen, what happened was... Washing I, clothes in the sink is fine. I was with you until the gherkin juice. He had the other to go to the reception downstairs and say, Sorry, I spilled gherkin juice. And the woman looked at him in the face like, what the... Okay, listen. Firstly, he was he was a miskeen. He didn't know what he was doing, so I took him under my wing. I taught him the Ottoman history from... Uh, Osman Ghazi all the way to uh, basically the 20th century. So we did. Let me explain what taking. I was giving him tarbiya, and when I was sleeping at night, he left the jar in my bed. (laughs) Okay. So there's. It's deliberate sabotage. You deserve it, bro. Because taking under the wing for him, you know what it means. It means. Edit this video, bro, and I'm gonna snore like a bull all night. That's that's what. (laughs) Just out curiosity, how was Sabur's Ottoman history? Bro, he played the documentary for me. Just played it. Okay, so it's just a documentary. Interesting. Although he has some access or he knows some really good documentaries, mashallah. Okay. Yeah. Teak. Interesting boat, right? Interesting individuals. Wasn't surprised by most of your choices. But look, you both have known each other for how long? Nine? Eight, eight, almost eight years, I think, probably around seven, eight years. Yeah, something like yeah. seven, eight years. And was it Aira that where you met when no. you got to uh, He contacted me when I was, wasn't a part of Aira. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And when he when you recall that early interaction, what do you remember of Sabur? He was really nice until I spent time with him one to one in Canada. <laughs> but okay. he was he's really nice. He was really loving. He didn't have a mustache then. Okay. He had uh, the clean look going. Um, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. His hug was the same. The elbow in the chest. Okay. The one he does. Yeah. yeah. The, the awkward well. one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's we we spoke. We got along and. Uh, he needed help, I helped him yeah, out. Help me. Mm. And uh, so basically... You, you fell into that trap, you know that, yeah? 
No, but that's standard, isn't it? When you're in the da'wah, you tend to have kind of like pet targets who you want to kind of mould and take in and yeah. inshallah for good to reform them. Yeah, yeah. And um, look, whilst people work with each other um, as colleagues, there's a misconception that exists that within Muslim organisations, or at least within da'wah organisation, that there's never dramas between colleagues. Because if, you, if you're on the path of da'wah and that is the remit of your work, there will never be dramas or issues or tensions between staff. Now, the two and a half years or so that I worked alongside you both, um, there was just certain projects where our paths would meet, right? If it was marketing, media, etc. But you two were practically working very closely together prior to me coming and even afterwards. Was there ever any kind of uncomfortable moments where you got sick of each other? Canada? Yeah. He got on my nerves. Why? Yeah. I don't know. It's just like we were in the hotel room. Mm. <laughs> the window wouldn't open. Okay. <laughs> That's not his fault. But he was stealing my clothes. Oh, God. And then when he found out I had a cat, he almost killed himself. No, he, I didn't he, kill he myself. He thought he had an allergy. Exaggeration. And he started yeah. to cough and stuff. Um, so there was that. Where, when else did Imran get on my nerves? Um, I think, remember that time that we were in Southall and then we were driving back? Uh, and then I had to go at you about yeah. something, yeah. So just just stuff like that, but ha we hardly ever clash. Yeah, but it's minor stuff. Have you ever had a major fallout? No, no. Alhamdulillah. Because normally, you know, to have a fallout, you have to have two strong characters. He's quite passive, meek, uh, benign character. So you know, I don't. He just I don't like wasting my energy on people. He, he, that, he just that likes listening. I live in their own world. Look, so it, the best way. Whereas you like the sound of your own voice, right? Absolutely. And look, the way I think about it is. It's better for me to think for him than for him to think for himself. How do you feel about that? Bro, you know, there's some that have delusions and others mm. that completely lose themselves in the delusions. Mm. This is one of those cases, I think. Um, why is a common nickname of yours Hobo? Um, <laughs> uh, okay, that's a good question. Because uh, it is. I mean, I mean, that's practically your khunya. I mean, when I was yeah, can I explain that? I think okay, look, I I, I can, I'll give you a proper tafsir on that. I remember the first time. By yeah. the way, disclaimer, we are not belittling those who are living in poverty yeah. and those who are generally homeless But it was a name that was attributed to Sabur during my two-year tenure with Ayyub I think it's a general characteristic Okay So I, f I tend to find, um, find myself in situations that deserves that name So for example, during the Ramadan um, campaign a few years ago, about I think 2000 whatever I remember I slept in between, you know, the chair area and I was sleeping on the floor. And I remember Abdurrahim looking down at me and saying, Hobo. <laughs> so it's not so, one person that's so identified him like times, that. Okay. For example, we went to Aston University. So the son of this strong. Hobo, yeah, about the hobo name, yeah. So I think for me, when this dawned on me, and like there's a good example of the hoboness, right, was when we were at Aston University, and I just found a sofa and I decided to sleep there. And I forgot that actually we were setting up stuff mm. and that in a little while people are going to walk around. And at mm. the place, the place was empty. When I woke up, I realized I was, <laughs> I woke up in the middle <laughs> of basically an exhibition. And everybody was comfortable in, in strange environments. And everybody right? was walking past. And I was sleeping on the sofa. But he was sleeping in a puddle in, in the middle of this sort of market. With <laughs> but literally, I walked into and the office that, once. And yeah. before that, I was... This is at Aston University. Aston University. Did no Muslims wake you and say, brother, you are... <laughs> but what happened was, I, while they were setting up, I just yeah. found the sofa. I was tired, so I fell asleep. 
and then like this happens. So it's it's just the habit. Okay. Of habit or just sleeping being comfortable and, in, yeah. in environments which aren't pleasing to most people have you have you ever thought about the hadith of the prophet said you know to live the life as a traveler do you, is, that, is that a kind of mindset that you have or does that have no correlation to some of these choices i, I don't know um what i do like to do yeah um i just like to not come across like you know some people really want to look good hmm. look like excellent they they like knowing they like um giving their strong side i'm this i'm that I just think of it this way: if if I just really lower my standards, no one will be disappointed. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep it like. But that. you know, there's nothing wrong with looking after yourself. No, no, of course. Okay, there's nothing wrong with being like that. I just think he's rationalizing it too much. I think he's just naturally comfortable yeah, in, it, in, it, in environments where people run away from. Fair I, enough. I walk into office. There was times where I walk into the office, go into a room. But, but I, 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 I'll I, kick I, into him, and he's sleeping in a puddle, literally. I've, I've, on the I've floor. seen subordinates. <laughs> I've I've seen subordinates <laughs> some very compromising sleeping spaces yeah. as well. Um, he used to yeah. have a partner back in the day, yeah. but remember uh, who was it? Johnny. No, yeah, Shady, Jim Shade. Oh, yeah, he was. Exactly. He was. They were neck and neck at a point, and then he outdid him. Yeah. You said something very interesting, which I want your thoughts on. He said that you'd have a fallout when you have two strong characters. Mm. Now, do you, do you agree with that statement? Because no, look, his. I think what it is. I personally don't like confrontation too much. There you That's go. just my character. Although there's been periods since I've been involved in the DAO where I've had my ups and downs which are reflected in my character when I, externally as well. Mm. So there's been periods where I've been very sort of like, if you like, weak from an external perspective because of what I was going through. Uh, but then there's other times where, where it's been different. But I think generally, I think the reason we haven't had fallouts or we've had our back and forth on certain things is because we see eye to eye on loads of things um, and, and foundational things which keep you together. Um, although we have disagreements on small issues and things, bits and pieces here and there, I think, yeah. Every organization, every Jama'ah has their strong characters, have brothers who agree on methodology, who agree on the core objectives of a particular group or movement when it comes to Dawah activism. But there is always brotherly clashes and disagreements. It's happened with some of the most greatest scholars and thinkers, classically and contemporary. So I guess what I'm asking you is, when you've had disagreements, with uh, prominent individuals within the da'wah um, How have you overcome that whilst maintaining your job? You see, this is a very good question Because you know, you in the da'wah you clash with a lot of people If everybody has strong ideas And that, that does happen because the art by their nature They're more alpha and they have, they have ideas And they think they're right and I think I'm right And you know, we have this type of thing I would say that's good Firstly, I think I would, it's healthy. Yeah, I think it's healthy. Why is it healthy? Because it shows passion. Good. People clash when they're passionate. People don't clash when they're not passionate. So that's the first thing. It's a good thing. The second thing is, I've come to realize that I was absolutely wrong, and I was absolutely certain at the same time. And it's good to be humble. Like there's been times that I was like, we don't need flipping community work. Who the heck needs that? Just give dawa. And then I did a U-turn. After everything was over, I was like, you know, back then, and I even rang one of the brothers who was really strong in community work, and I said, mm. you know what, you were really onto something, mm. and I was resisting, yeah. So these things happen, and I think what it is is, um, you're you're saying how how do you still maintain a brotherly relationship? Yeah, because I would say you maintain it. It's like me and Imran when we had that thing in the car, yeah. yeah. It's like afterwards, if you really truly care about the dawah and your brothers, you should be able to. Literally brush it off mm. It should be a case of Alright, we had our clash Now we move on 
Okay. And you know, these things happen. Imran, what's your thoughts then? I mean, that mm. as a practical strategy moving forward between brothers who have differences, but it becomes different. Let's say when salaries are involved, jobs are involved. And that's what's happened now, isn't it? Whether it's in the UK or in the States, um, the dawah isn't just dawah. It's, it's become livelihoods for many, right? We've had very prominent lawsuits in the States between prominent figures. We've had dawah organizations basically accusing one another of pinching strategies and ideas. So it's not just a case of, oh, we're brothers, we're in the dawah, fundamentally we agree on something. There are other things that sometimes influence these decisions. Have you ever felt a conflict of interest between dawah and perhaps the fact that it is also your livelihood or an aspect of your livelihood? It's, it is a battle sometimes. Mm. Of course it is. You, you think about that and it makes things more complicated. Mm. You know, from the perspective that, remember the objective is, especially when you're involved in the dawah, you have to be sincere. Mm. Well, as sincere as you can be. Mm. Now you're just adding another factor in there which is not going to help you with that, right? Yeah. Um, so of course it plays in your mind sometimes And sometimes you feel this, There's been periods where I felt really like I've hated myself mm. Because you're, you're not strong enough To do what's the, the right thing mm. uh, But at the same time you, You're looking at it from a, So it, it's, it's, it, it's just another factor bro um, Does it, Would you describe yourself as a bit of an introvert? I would do I, that for him I can be yeah, <laughs> I can be at times. I'm, I, I, I've, I fluctuate. Okay, a lot. We had a running yeah. joke, me and Slaudin, and yeah. that was like we have to keep Imran and his image like secret because yeah. publicly Imran's like you know dawah this that. Secretly, we know his flaws. Mm. We know these things. So he was like our secret little project. Yeah, yeah. we're like let's keep. But that's is years ago. Then he yeah. did. No, but Imran, Imran. I mean, if I was to do a comparative. Uh, at least on an observation point of view, he, he, he Imran does come across the more kind of pristine, well-groomed, well-spoken, whereas Sabur, you do come as a bit of a Clint Eastwood of the Dawah, <laughs> right? Okay. And I even find the names of your YouTube channel quite reflective of your characters, like Darwinian delusions. Have you ever faced any delusions of your own? So I just said very, yeah, I mentioned you know, you know, this is very No, 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 no not, not like, like Look, uh, I'll, I'll be absolutely frank um, You know, I remember once Abdurrahim said to me That, look, you uh, He said this, and I, I take it to be absolutely true He said, you know, you um, You have this <laughs> Sometimes this uh, Dunning-Kruger effect yeah. And this is in regards to something I did that was really stupid Yeah, yeah. But I was absolutely dead certain yeah. This was the right thing to do <laughs> And I had confidence and I had certainty And he rang me and he said Bro, listen You were just under a delusion yeah. <laughs> You just didn't know what you were doing And you just had this And I was like, alright um, I think one of the problems is I'm the oldest in my family yeah. I'm the oldest cousin Yeah, I've always been And my father He raised me in a way that I did the smallest thing And there was a lot of praise mm. So then this created this So you were the Lodler? I was the Lodler yeah. And I was the oldest And my father was if I picked up a bottle and put it here, if, if I did the smallest thing, my father was like, that's amazing, that's great. So typical Asian fathers, you cuss them until they break down, then you leave them, right? Mm. But my, my father did the opposite. <laughs> he was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So that created a type of, uh, a type of overconfidence. Mm. So if I look at somebody doing an action, mm. I kind of think to myself, I could do it better than them. Okay. And that's in regards to, I could even think, he's a journalist, I swear I could be a better one. And that's a sort of delusion which you have to just pop. Oh, but it just keeps coming. And does your, has your delusion ever descended into arrogance? Ooh. 
Good question. I would say it has. It has. It has. Imran, have you ever observed this from Sabur? He's a complex character, bro. Okay. Uh, that's what because yeah. sometimes you'll see him, you think bloody arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, it's so and so. But but you know he's not at the same time. And it's it, it plays with your mind sometimes. So you're, so you're, so you're but saying But people that know don't know him well, they'll mm. be like, Yeah, he's he's flipping. So would you, so would you say Sabur's complexities is is restricted to his outwardly perceptions or is it in his complex internally as well? Let him answer that, please, Sabur. Yeah. Um I mean uh, uh, he is, yeah, he is, okay. he is. But but a lot of the times you don't see what's inside. You see a reflection of it, okay. and sometimes it's a, it's a crazy reflection, or it's a very warped reflection of it. What's Subur's biggest strength? He's a strategist. He's a strategist. Yeah, yeah. he's he's very good at strategizing, yeah. and looking at the looking at the the bigger, bigger picture. How successful um, has he been, in your opinion, with regards to some of his strategies? Look, he's 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 it's almost he's black and white, yeah. Okay. So he sees he see he he gets blinkers. Okay. Yeah. So this is the goal. Anything else is like skittles. Mm. If he has to knock things down along the way, okay. he will do that even if it's accidentally because he's he's got that vision in mind and and that's a powerful, that's a it's a very strong strength to have, mm. uh, but you have to tame it. And I think he's learning to ha- tame it now, especially as he's getting older. Mm. But the, you know, if it was a few years ago, then yeah, he's a bit more wild. Mm. So what's, what's what's Imran's Greatest strength. Very good question. Um, Why do you keep saying a very good question? Beca- no, you, because because these questions like who do you have on the boat, this or that, and also it's a way of me buying time. Okay, so, I know this. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So, uh, but, some, but someone of your elegance and, and vast experience don't need to. No, but you know what it is with you when you talk to Hamza, I can see nervousness in your eyes. You also make me nervous. Yeah. No, no, no. Firstly, um, I think characters like Imran are the sort of people I sometimes think I am that I wish I could be. Which is, I wish I could sometimes just shut up and just like deal with issues and let things, like with me, if I see something wrong, I just have to stop it. Sometimes when you are, uh, when you're strategizing, when you're doing things for the long run or wisdom, Mm. you have to let people learn from their mistakes or you have to let things slip or you have to do certain things. With me, I think I uh, I try and resolve things too quickly. I have the name Sabur, but I don't have patience. This is this is the irony here. So I always like to think of it that my mom named me Sabur, so Allah has patience with me. Yeah, okay. yeah that, that you know that, that's the way I interpreted okay. it because everyone says to me, "Your name does not match your personality," <laughs> and even Abra and you know brother I love. And remember, he also I was once saying to him, "Where's this project?" Blah blah. Not where's this project, but I was like, "We need to do this. We need to do this." Right? He's like, "Well, your name is Sabur." Yeah. Mm. So um, I think. His greatest strength is the ability to fit in any environment and just get the job done without causing trouble. Mm. With me, I like to, I think, take Close ownership. Oh. I also like to know what's going on. I, when I enter a room and there's something going on, the first thing I do is I don't say what needs to be done. I'm like, who came up with this plan? What's the point of anything? So I start by the first assumptions. And I think it's better to... So quite dictatorial in that regard. Yes. Okay. And I would say you need characters like Imran, and I need to be more like Imran, mm. to, for society to function. Because <laughs> mm. if you just have somebody who just walks in and says, right, you're doing this podcast, like, what the heck is the point? Yeah. You need somebody to just sit down and say, okay, I'm going to just do it. Okay. Right. Interesting. So that's his great strength. And obviously, as per the hadith of... Muslims and brothers being a reflection and a mirror to one another. What do you think Imran's uh, weaknesses throughout working with him for eight, nine years, knowing him for that period of time? Something I've told him again and again, 
and it's my strength and his weakness, and that is to be more assertive. Mm. And I've told him this. I said, be assertive. In what regard? Because when I've seen him engage in speakers' corner and in debates, he's very assertive. Is there, is there another realm of assertiveness? He's too nice to atheists, okay. right? The militant types, mm. and he tries to, you know, oh, this guy, that, that, oh, you know. When it comes to militant type atheists, right? I like to go on campaigns with no prisoners. Yeah, mm. just like even recently, I'm start, I'm restarting my beef with Aaron Ra on Twitter. Yes. And I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna deal with him, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. So, um, <laughs> what it is is Imran has this Hamza esque type. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, this love, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, which is good, yeah. but not for the new atheists. You can have that for the general public. Well, Hamza is slowly changing this whole love, mercy, compassion. All of a sudden, now, are you gonna be shifting along with him? No, because I, don't, to be honest, I don't think. I, I have been that nice to new atheists. If you look at some of my videos, even recent ones against Dawkins and the Harrises, I think I, I, I address them in a slightly different tone than I do with the average atheist. Mm. Um, Could it just be a personality thing? That you yeah, just I, as an to be honest, I'm just, I'm just more soft from that perspective. Okay. And I, th I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that you need different flavors. Just for the general masses, we all agree that has to be the approach. Yeah. When we're talking about militant atheists, no, no, what, they no, need a different... Now what um, we say is love, mercy and compassion has its place. It's very much normative and orthodox in, in parts and parcel of da'wah. But I'll even call Abdurrahim Green here when he said that any type of da'wah or any type of enjoying good and forbidding evil which omits intentionally or for strategic and PR purposes the reminder of punishment, the reminder of hellfire, um, this is not prophetic da'wah. Right. So love, mercy and compassion, absolutely. And we'll find many of those examples in the prophetic uh, life. Yeah. Um, but before Hamza's love, mercy and compassion, yeah. and before this became kind of, not a raison d'etre, but a, a kind of a very strong uh, um, um, organisational push, you were still a very soft and yeah. So that's what I said. So that if you look at, I guess if you're referring to love, compassion from my end, it's more to do with my tone as opposed to what I'm saying. Okay. Because I, I don't shy away from talking about Jannah and Jahannam. Okay. I will mention that to atheists, mm. but I would probably do it in a in a softer tone than Sabur would, mm. uh, and and probably use a few more words than he would to to mm. to get that across. Mm. Right. So so you're basically yeah. saying you you can be as assertive and as biting and spiting without necessarily being. Overtly, emo emotively yeah, you harsh. Can, I think you still get the message across, but I think you need the different flavors. Like yeah. you need the the sabur approaches, or sometimes mm. with some people because I think they just it, don't get uh, get it. Yeah, I think yeah. my approach is very niche. It's only for a few people. Yeah. So when it comes, to sounds very nineties. Yeah, but I only look. This is what I do. I don't get involved in inter-Muslim fitna. I only deal with militant atheists, and only to them do I give. Okay, you know what? These guys, we gotta take them on. Everybody else is the same thing, the normative Islam thing, love, compassion, mercy, right? But when it comes to these new atheists, some people have said to me, like, why are you so harsh with them? Why do you debate them and then totally, like, you know, just plan to trip them up and mm. do these types of things? And the reason is simply to blow, um, not blow, to, to take out the wind from their sail, mm. right? Because you see the new atheist movement, like, their power, their energy, they're, 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 they're like an unstoppable juggernaut. They are, they are indeed. And then when you basically trip them up and with the same momentum they fall, mm. everybody else is like, is that it? Mm. Is, is that all there is, there is to it? I was really criticized for the debate with Aaron Ra, with uh, Cosmic Skeptic, with, mm. um, you know, just, just these various different characters, Rob mm. from Speaker's Corner. Some of the Muslims were like, no, 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 you, this is too harsh. This isn't Islam. This isn't wisdom. And it's like, hang on a second. You're... 
you're basically having to deal with somebody so you have to be to the point you have to be straight you Absolutely have to be direct bro. this Absolutely. is someone who i mean cosmic skeptic i was nicer to but the other two it was just like no 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 these are people who are saying there is no it's cosmic skeptic and anti-somali racist just out of curiosity do you, are you of that opinion um i'll answer that in a bit no no can i have an answer now uh, the the question is do you do you do you believe cosmic skeptic yeah do you believe he's a racist no okay so you disagree with hijab in this yes regard? i do Okay. And in fact, I spoke to Hijab and I rang him and I said he's not a racist. I actually talked to uh, Cosmic Septic on WhatsApp, and, you know, sometimes just, just dealing with issues. Okay. And uh, I actually genuinely think, and I've already said this, that my approach, I think, is way better with him than mm. Hijab's approach. Hijab thinks his approach is better. He has his reasons. I have my reasons. Take no problem. But there is one thing that I do believe, yep. which is if someone's willing to change their position, and say they're wrong, then you can't treat them the same way, say, someone like Aaron Ra would be treated, someone who's refusing to budge yeah. on any account. Fair enough. So, yeah. I, I, I just want clarity on that. Mm. And what's Sabur's, before we move on to the next topic of today's podcast, what is Sabur's greatest weakness? Mm. So your, so he said yours is yeah. softness, you need to be more assertive, you yeah. need to be a bit more harsh yeah, and th- shadid th- on, on new atheists, the militant types. So yeah. what's, what's, what's your... I, th- I, think, I think sometimes you can be a bit abrupt. Yeah. And he can convince himself of his, of his position too soon mm. And then just run with that full steam ahead right? And that sometimes he can mis- misjudge certain things mm. And then like you said he has to go back on it um, So I think that if you can just wait off a bit mm. Just think it through a little bit more t- Be a bit more balanced with Okay I think this is the case But it may not be uh, But you need to fix up Or whatever the case is from, So is- I, think, I think that, that may be a Solution it, as okay. well. Okay, in, in in a more brazen term, have you seen him go through delusion experiences? <laughs> yeah. So, for example, our experience in the car, mm. he had a certain perception of what I was trying to do. Mm. I was like, "No, bro, it's not that." Okay. Um, yeah. For that particular situation, yeah. um, so we had a back and forth. I carried on doing what I had to do, but I took some of the advice on board because he did have a genuine. See, if you get to know him, you can see, you can separate what's reasonable and what he's trying to get, how he's really trying to help you, mm. from the extra hoo ha of the situation. Yeah, and then I took, I took the good, extracted it. I was like, okay, that's good. He's got a reasonable point there, yeah. and I implemented it. But the rest, I left him with it, and eventually the delusion disappeared over time. Okay, okay. Um, I, I agree with that. Yeah. That's good. Alhamdulillah. Um, how was your long trip in Pakistan? It was really good. Uh, so I went to universities all across Pakistan, yeah. from the from the north to the south. Good reception. Alhamdulillah, and it's just look, it's just you can speak English. You have a British passport. You've got a few YouTube clips. Come along. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's not. I mean, in Pakistan, look, you take an average, average, mediocre speaker like Imran, yeah, mm. and. <laughs> They'll do really well in Pakistan Because they're like Oh my god This guy is like the best thing Since Muhammad Hijab We saw him on YouTube right So um, You can do well Simply because You are the only fish In the Pond right yeah. um, So from that perspective Because I'm a little bit better than him no, I, but, I did no, no, but, Pakistan, but Pakistan's had Abu Abdul Salam It's had Hamza's been to Pakistan Yeah, yeah. but I was there for 8 months There's the, That's okay, the difference okay, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. so that's why it was easier They've had John Fontaine They've had, they've had Yeah so when they went yeah. They did really well Way better than I than yeah. I did Right yeah. And that's simply because again, What are you measuring that by? Well Not only the reception Not only uh, The people who uh, Just Want to be part of the dawah mm. Just The overall energy and feel That you can create Okay 
And for me, what I found really amazing there mm. is actually there was great, fantastic work already happening there. Um, yeah. Youth club, Raja Zia, yeah, yeah. these guys, they're just phenomenal. Yeah, the youth club are very active amazing. and have been for so many years. Yeah, 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 amazing. Um, and this is the argument I have with my wife because she actually is one of the founders of youth club. Mashallah. And I was in Aira, and so we still have this. Like, oh, are you with them? Mm. <laughs> you know, so we have this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this what's what's powerful about Pakistan is that you're getting people who are now. Listening to Western speakers, and they, and, and and they're being exposed to this completely new world for a number of years, and you're getting this type of Islamic movement in Pakistan that you never had before. Before you just had the traditional, you know, do everything you need uh, to do for the dunya, and then when you get a bit old, run out of steam, just do a bit of Hajj, and that's it. You're yeah, done, yeah. yeah. But nowadays it's very different. People are following all these things. I mean, a lot of the things that you know you previously had, all of this is being followed in Pakistan. Mm. So you know. For me, it was a good glimpse into the Muslim world And the fact that through the internet Everything, including this Is just as relevant in the UK as it is yeah. in Pakistan Quick question before I move over to Imran um, Do you believe Pakistan has the potential To play a key leading role In the future of the Muslim world? Under the right leadership, that is I, If I, somebody was to ask me that question I would say... Right now, mm. um, I'm not sure. And oh. the reason I'm not sure is because Pakistan still has a very strong issue with nationalism, right? But isn't one of the problems is that Pakistani nationalism is mixed with a very strong Islamic sentiment. Mm. And so therefore the lines are very blurred. There is that, but then there's also the fact that there's clearly things which are not from Islam. Absolutely, yeah. agreed. And people are like, they're not making the distinction, right? And they're blindly defend. They blindly defend. And yeah. what you also find is there's this quasi-weird type of nationalistic, even in some of the videos that you see, there's music and then Allah Akbar and this yeah, and that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just very convoluted. And what Ottomans had the same... Well, no, there's a difference, and the difference. I Not music, but but they, they did have drums and they did no, have no, no, military. No, 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 no. They did, they did. But but what I'm what, what I'm speaking about is, say, for example, when it comes to the Ottomans taking over Jerusalem, right? Yeah. So they had, from what I recall, you Constantinople. Know, uh, no, about Jerusalem, okay. that they had this uh, thing that um, La ilaha illallah uh, Ibrahim wali Allah or something yeah, like yeah. this, right? So they're trying to say, look, this is a city for all people, yes. and blah 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 blah. So. You know, they had this huge vision and they had this idea and they had this this thing. And if you look at Pakistan, it's just like, oh, India, India, India. That's it. It's this very binary narrative. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so and I still feel that, you know, I'm very like, oh, inshallah, I'm going to go Turkey again. And I really love the whole Turkish scene. That's more of a entire Muslim world type mm. of feel. There. Yeah, I think it's that's very different. Yeah, thing. I think that's because of the rich Ottoman heritage in history. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to appreciate that. Not just the Ottomans, but the Seljuks before them. Mm. Um, they were practically the flag bearers of Islam for over a millennia. <coughs> so, so it comes as no coincidence that we get that vibe from the Turks. <coughs> yep. um, it's interesting that while Sabur chose Charles Darwin to take uh, into this delusional boat ride up with his, uh, yeah. you, you, you chose <laughs> Frederick Nietzsche, right? Um, and you specifically cited uh, his views on nihilism, right? Um, elaborate on that. Yeah, look, I, although there's a lot to disagree with, with his views and what he thought about loads of things, but I think mm. his views in regards to nihilism mm. and the way he predicted what would happen because people had turned away from God. 
uh, is very true and it's coming true. And we're living in that time now, which is that people don't have any meaning behind their lives. And the unfortunate thing, bro, is as we were discussing before the recording, is that this nihilism is bleeding into religion as well, Christianity and Islam, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and what we mean by this is that, yeah, by identity, you may claim this to be a Christian or a religious person or a Muslim, but at the very same time, especially the youth, there is a, there is a sense of meaninglessness and they're trying to find themselves and define themselves and seek out meaning through you know, gaming and social media and all of this type of stuff. Um, so I, I, hence I, I said him because I think he was... He, he could see where we were going mm. and the problems of denying God, which were far greater than, you know, just do you believe in God or not? Do you live, uh, you know, a godly type of life or not? It was that when you remove God from the picture, you remove all meaning uh, mm. from life. And, and by removing all meaning from a human <coughs> being, you basically have uh, empty vessels, bro. Because human beings are driven by meaning. Without meaning, we're nothing. Will you be embarking on any further studies in Western philosophy? Maybe not philosophy. Mm. Maybe not this year, but maybe in the coming years. One of the areas I'm really interested in is the history of Europe. You should probably learn Akida first. Okay. Yeah. Once you've learned that, and then okay. recommend the books to me, inshallah. Um, we're going to get to your Akida <laughs> issues very shortly, especially especially your skewed conversation about the Kalam cosmological argument with uh, Muhammad Hijab. I don't think you represent that Ashari's uh, fairly enough, but we'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, just quick question. You know, when you to both of you. You know, when you look at all the various Enlightenment thinkers, the post-Enlightenment thinkers, essentially the very figures who have shaped the modern Western civilization, which correlated with the rise of European colonialism. Do you guys see the link between these events? Like, here is a huge... Uh, philosophical change taking place in the heartland of Europe, but at the same time, they're going and colonizing vast swathes of the world. Yeah. Do you guys see these as isolated incidents, or do you believe that they're interlinked? No, this is, it's all linked, bro. Why is it linked? I think it's all, I, I, think, I believe it's linked. I think there's many links, but I think one of the obvious links, bro, <coughs> is that look, one of the biggest shifts that took place during the Enlightenment period was the, the, the focus from the horizontal, the, the vertical and the horizontal plane to just the horizontal plane. Mm. It was that, okay, let's focus on the dunya, let's focus on the material. The Industrial Revolution took place. Mm. The, the focus was so heavy on the material world and, and developing and gaining as much of it as you can mm. that it naturally will result into you know, colonizing other parts of the world so you can have you know, those additional resources that you need to further develop this type of outlook. So there's a clear, and I even, I even see it as with atheism today, bro. Mm. I don't see atheism in a vacuum. I don't because atheism in and of itself, bro, its foundations are so weak. You, mm. you wonder why people would still hold on to such a view. But it's, it's there along with other ideologies and philosophies and, which are supporting each other. Because mm. uh, atheism, what is the object? No God, no creator. That's no, it. No accountability. So therefore, the human being needs a replacement. You need mm. a surrogate. You need mm. something to replace. Okay, the dunya is right there. Go make the most of this material world. Mm. So it goes in line with materialism, consumerism, capitalism. It all sort of the chain uh, mm. works together in a very beautiful way. So you put your thumb for your hand up? I just remembered something, uh, like which is Imran's <laughs> videos... Although they never do well on his channel, just a few thousand views, they're picked up by prominent atheists and they make refutations. And one of the reasons for it is the Very way quickly, how do you feel when he makes comments like that? I ignore them. Good. Because I don't see any value. Okay. Yeah. Because you're talking obviously about existentialism, so you wouldn't yeah. see a value. <laughs> um, so, Cosmic Skeptic, for example, yeah. he took one of Imran's earlier videos and it got like maybe half a million views. And the things that Imran says about them, it really gets under their skin. And that's why they respond because it's just 
like you said, they're deep, deep wounds that he just opens up. And that's why they respond in that particular mm. manner. But that's why I put on my hand because I just no, that's that. fine. So I mean, look, I mean, as a as a graduate in politics, as someone who did a couple of modules in in Western philosophy, you'd be you'd be truly ignorant of reality and history to think that uh, the Enlightenment thinkers, the various uh, ideologies that were born out of this period, played a pivotal role in the justification of what many European powers went and did. In vast swathes of the world, yeah, the French, the British, uh, the Germans, less to, to a lesser degree, but v various European powers. Um, I've seen on some of your videos, you've made quite an unequivocal claim that Charles Darwin was a racist. Mm. Do you stand by that? Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. So, before I just speak to you about that, I just want to answer your overall question about an intellectual idea becoming a movement or becoming something that powers do yeah. and whether those have an impact. Now, there's two things I want to say about this. The first is it's true. An intellectual idea like social Darwinism, yep. it will be applied. Liberalism, again, they came up with it and it will be applied. But I truly believe ideas don't change the world. What changes the world is personal interests, and if ideas correlate with a personal interest, that's when those ideas become uh, widespread. So, for example, when you have European imperialism coupled with social Darwinism, boom, they go and apply it. Mm. When you have European imperialism coupled with the ideas of human rights, which conflict with the sort of things the French were doing in Algeria, mm. then that wouldn't be applied. Mm. So it's not just the idea that an abstract idea changes the world. What really changes the world is power dynamics, self-interest and what powers want to do. And if ideas fit with that or if they don't. And I think that's very important because some people mm. think thinking, philosophizing, coming up with a great idea will change the world. But do you think, but do you think ideas, ideologies and philosophies enable and legitimize and normalize some of these things Only if we presuppose the self-interest So for example Why didn't communists take over the world? Did they have a poor ideology? Mm. Was it that the ideals <coughs> of communism weren't so great? Or it was simply because they didn't get to warm waters through mm. Gwadar yeah. That's the real reason mm. So why did liberalism prevail? It didn't prevail because it was better Or it was more philosophically sound It's because the powers uh, to be made it so so at the end of the day, um, the, the self-interest, that comes first. Ideologies, you basically have a plethora of ideologies that you choose from mm. to do that. Okay. I think that's, that's the way I would put it. Back to Charles Darwin being a racist. Yeah, so the way that we can historically look at this is you had this idea of the white man's burden. Yeah. That Christianity, civilization and business we need to bring to the world, we need to civilize the world. Europeans became secular and then Darwinian evolution became a means by which people understood this is our place in society and there was a justification, there was a genesis story. Yeah. Okay, Darwin considered, he considered the greatest to be the whites yeah. and then as you go down you well, get the blacks, blacks and the black circle is chimpanzee. Yeah. Okay, who are the best amongst the whites according to Darwin? You tell me. British. Who are lesser than the British, French, and then Portuguese, and then Germans. Okay, why did Darwin think the British were better than the French and better than the Spanish? Because he was a Brit himself? No, because he believed their colonization was more effective than that of the French and the Spanish. And he's right in that regard. Yeah, he's right. right. So 
he was basically saying these are the best, the British, the English are the best because they're the best at colonization. So you see, this this idea that we are superior and everybody else is a savage. Mm. Darwin may not have said we have to do this. He wasn't prescriptive, but he was descriptive. Mm. And this is the mistake that's being made by the likes of others who are saying, you see, Darwin, yeah, he was racist because everyone was racist at the time. That's the defense that yeah, Dawkins yeah. and others yeah, gave. But here's the fact the Prophet wasn't a racist, yeah, yeah, and others weren't a racist. Yeah. Even, here's the thing Darwin went against the norm of society because he was anti slavery. Yeah. Yet, he was racist. And everybody else was racist. So it's not the idea everybody is racist, he's racist. He was racist because he believed uh, the other races were inferior. Mm. And he believed this because of his theory, mm. not because of European mm. culture. Uh, Imran, you know, when you, you know when you both, but specifically yourself, when you guys embark uh, in these kind of uh, intellectual engagements, polemics and so forth, with new atheists specifically, um, do you ever wonder to yourself... Um, do you ever specifically omit or do you intentionally include uh, examples of how their ideas man have manifested historically and in contemporary politics? Sometimes, yeah. Because people, you know, we learn via history. Mm. I wasn't too big on history a couple of years ago. He'll tell you. Right? Mm. He's been running joke. I coached so, him. Yeah, so, but, but, it's, but it's, it's a big thing, bro, because mm. people learn through examples. Mm. Once, do you remember I asked you who's the prime minister? Yeah. And then you got confused. No, I was deliberately ignoring you. No, 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 no. Be honest. No, be honest. Prime Minister of where? The UK? Yeah. Remember what when I asked you? I told you. No, because there was a change. And he wasn't... He oh, don't even start. Imran, <laughs> he is a complete marble. Yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. Doesn't know the news. He doesn't... I asked him, Imran, who's the Prime Minister? And you were confused. Do you remember? Well, confused. I was confused. Why would you ask me such a no, question? No, 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 no. It wasn't. I, I think it was when Theresa May... Theresa uh, yeah, May. And David Cameron. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. happened, yeah? And I know he doesn't follow politics and he doesn't read no, I don't, newspapers. I don't, I don't follow he politics. He goes yeah. to Southall yeah. Yeah, he, and he just lives in that bubble, yeah. comes back to work. Did you read any news? And now I do, yeah. No, back then. Didn't no, you? I didn't. No. No. So yeah. I knew with certainty he didn't know that Theresa May was the Prime Minister. <laughs> and I asked you and you didn't know. <laughs> that may be a good thing according to some, bro. Okay. Yeah. That may be a good thing according to some. So I really believe you have to know history. You have yeah. to know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And, and I've started to appreciate that a lot more now mm. because through history, you, can, you, you really understand why we are where we are today. Mm. And why... You know, there are so many atheists today and why people mm. incline towards secularism and these type of ideologies and liberalism uh, and why it's so appealing. Uh, so definitely we use examples. Mm. You know? in, in Speaker's Corner and Dower Stalls, right? When was the last time you were at Dower Stall? Prior to lockdown, uh, maybe a, a month prior to lockdown. A I month prior to lockdown. Yeah. Um, how often in your experience over the years of being at Dower Stalls have you experienced non-Muslims coming to you with examples of ISIS, Sharia, enslavement, caliphate, very common, bro. Like, and, 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 and what's the strategy when this happens? So you get, if you to generally break down that sub demographic as to who approaches the table, you'll get two sort of main categories. You'll get those that are ill-informed about Islam. Mm. They've gone over that sort of negative anti-Islamic rhetoric, those general common things about Sharia and, and chopping this and chopping that and all that type of stuff. Mm. And they'll come and really get, be aggressive and, and this and the other. And the, the other types of people who are genuinely interested in Islam. Mm. They're a bit more uh, wise from the perspective. They understand there's narratives being pushed, but they see through it. And mm. loads of people are seeing through it today. Like, I really want to know what's going on. You okay. know, This is what's been said, but I really want to know what's going mm. on. But if you go, like I said, six, seven years ago, mm. 
it, it was far more aggressive at that table. Because it was at the peak of vices. Yeah, it? yeah, it was far more aggressive. Mm. Uh, so much so people can't pick up your material, scrunch you up, throw it at you, yeah. uh, swear at you, abuse you. Like I started Dawah in West Ealing. Yeah. Uh, I think he advised me to go to that table and that was one of the no, roughest areas. <laughs> Like for Dawah at the no, time No I didn't do that It wasn't you Someone else from Ira Someone yeah. told me Your local is West Ealing Go there I don't know if it's you Or Harun or someone else At the time It just sounds like Something Sabu Yeah and I, bro, <laughs> I and You can imagine I've just I've just I started practicing About you know yeah, A year yeah. two years ago yeah. And I'm watching Hamza stuff And I think Yeah I know the arguments he was now He's a big Hamza fanboy Do you know that yeah, Do you know like You know Hamza Like for with me and him Is just a normal relationship Yeah, yeah? He was such a fanboy He didn't even know How to disagree with him and he had to see yeah, me. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And how I, I tell disagree. You, no, 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 no. And even now, but, if Hamza but, speaks, Hamza was Hamza probably gets nervous. No, no, it's things are changing now. I, I, I things know are changing, but, good. But look, but it, I, Hamza was pivotal look, look, in my. Why don't you take a lesson from him? He yeah. turned up the first day without washing his face, and he told Hamza off. <laughs> yeah, that's the attitude you gotta have. Yeah, no, but well, look, I'm, I'm just. But, but, but genuinely, you you have a respect for certain people that. Of course you do. No, no, I do. I've seen the way Dilly speaks to Hamza. That's like you gotta. I think it's I think it's normal. Especially amongst alpha males and men generally, women do it as well. God, you have to get all these disclaimers. Women do it as well. But anyway, um, <laughs> when when someone sees an opportunity yeah. to groom and mold someone, so they are an ally, so they are an echo chamber, so they are a pawn, so they are a tool to advance their strategy, and that could be for hate as well. Yeah. They will do that, and where they see a an obstacle. Uh, that's why I keep him around so close. Yeah. I just get him to when I have an idea, I just use him. Look, bro, I, I, that's why you talk, see me talking about Darwin yeah, so much. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I, I also think. Isn't that, that interesting? I also, <laughs> I also, I also find that you, and this is my honest opinion, and and my, my younger brother Aki, he also uh, believes this, and many others that, are, that have seen your content, they do believe you to be a far more refined uh, and slicker version of Hamza. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. No, but honestly, I tell I tell you what my relationship with Hamza. But don't ever fanboy the guy. No, 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 no. So, no but but I tell you what it was, bro. Stop it. I no, I tell you, what, it, it's no longer the case. But there was a point, bro. Is this it got you lot on uh, non-meat diets and all that kind of? No, no, no. no. I never, I never, did, never, I never did that, bro. Good. That was no, one thing we, we completely rebelled okay, against. Good. It was okay. against the fitra, bro. Okay, but, that's good. I'm but sorry. but here's the thing. Uh, with me, when I started practicing first, bro, one of the main reasons was Hamza. Like his videos, yeah. I came across his content. And I was like, "This is this this is." Wouldn't that be the genetic fallacy? I don't know, but but <laughs> but, but I I saw it, and, and that's why I had this I had this I had this impression of him, um, and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, I remember that." Yeah, what, and, and what, what, what impression? He's such a fanboy. Well, you could call it fanboy. I was just I was I was. <laughs> I was. I mean, look, I, 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 I fanboy scholars and figures. It's yeah. just that it's yeah, but why Hamza? Why no, 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 but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why Hamza? It's just, no, it's, and even the ones that I fanboy, it's not even safe to mention. You know, on it's, the podcast. it's just the way I, I, just the role he played in me starting to practice. That's right? good. And 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 that I just couldn't shake off. Okay. You know, and and Spala, even today I, I couldn't I, shake off. Yeah, yeah, like that. Whenever like I I would fanboy. Not fanboy. It wasn't fanboy. It's just I would find it very difficult. Should we get him nervous? It's not about nervous. I'm trying to. Get, I really hope that has stopped because it may yeah. descend to something that's uh, beyond brotherly. Yeah. No, like, Romance. It, no, 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 it, no, no, no. Okay. That that's not the case. Hopefully, okay. it's never the case. But but uh, <laughs> it, what, the thing was, bro. I I I saw him as someone that I looked up to. Uh, and I still to this day respect him from that perspective. Although we're fr- we're, I see him as a brother and a friend now. Look, even though you're a bit of a Ramni, I know this, yeah. But the truth, <laughs> but, but the truth be told, bro, yeah. Um, I had a similar relationship with Hamza. Um, you know, growing up, we saw him engage with atheists, and he was a bit far more politically fiery back in those times. <coughs> and um, but yeah, as you, as you as you mature and become a man of your own, you you, you realize sometimes, 
you, you draw certain lines and, and you appreciate things for what it is and you can differentiate between agendas i guess yeah. between mm-hmm. the most nicest terms uh, but yeah i think i don't think you're alone in in those people who have been positively impacted by hamza's yeah. work yeah. um you've been very outspoken of late um about the situation of the uyghurs and uh, the situation of the hindutva uh, oppression of our, of our muslim brothers and sisters in india again someone who studied um, or, or at least well versed in, 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 in philosophies and ideologies Do you see a correlation between a communist atheist China And the way it's dealing with Uyghur Muslims And, and how a very ultra-nationalist Hindu, Hindu supremacist ideology Is treating its Muslims And Zionism the way it's treating with Palestinians Or do you still believe that it's to do with interest first Ideology comes later Very good question I still Stop saying I need time. All right, what shall I say? So you ask me a question, yeah. I say, okay, really bat nice. soup. Okay. Or, no, no, <laughs> whoever thinks they can't change the world. No, you Obviously. Do, no, or, no, you can do this. Hmm. Or, okay. I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's a good question. Find something yeah, else. That's true. It's, it's true. only so much it, you can recycle. I think he's nervous. Oh, I can. No, but Dilly has it. You, I'm you said it already, yeah. I've seen what he's, he's done to other people. So <laughs> So anyway, let me just answer it this way. The last time I gave you an answer, you looked at me with disgust and said, "Don't ever talk about <laughs> politics again." Yeah, yeah? I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll be careful with my words here. I'm just saying that. Do you see a correlation in the subjects? Which I'm very happy, by the way. Kasmi, I'm, I'm so happy that you're now addressing these topics. In the same way that I was happy when Zishan from Small Tijana, as soon as he hit the hundred K subscribers, he started talking about uh, very, what I felt was very high priority stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. The point I'm trying to make is that you're not talking about these issues. So, uh, do you, do you see a correlation between ideologies, philosophies, and these policies, or are you still of the position that it's interest first, ideology merely justifies it? I still think interest trumps everything. Why am I saying that? Because the same Chinese government, which is absolutely brutalizing the Muslims that in, in its borders. When it goes to other countries, it will pretend to have a very nice stance on Islam and even use a forged narration of the Prophet mm. <laughs> Go to China to seek knowledge. And interestingly, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's based on ignorance, that yeah. particular narration. So for me, the most important thing is to understand, okay, look, if a government is willing to take off the hair of lots of Muslim women and ship it out, take out the organs of Falun Gong and these types of practitioners, mm. for me, it's self-interest first, mm. right? At the same time, I have this deep belief that the greatest threat that we are facing in the world today is a threat of, we're already in this type of Cold War, this new Cold War, as they say it. And I really feel that people don't understand how dangerous the world is uh, becoming. It's an economic Cold War. It's an economic Cold War. However, at the same time, for Muslims in Islam, I think people, Muslims are sleeping. They don't understand the danger that one civilization poses for us. And I really believe, and this is where we're going to clash, I really believe the Muslim world and the Western world, they both have an Abrahamic tradition and we have way more in common. Mm. Way more in common. On the minimum, we can see where we disagree Mm. than we do with others, right? Before I come to Iman, let me just counter two points. There. <laughs> I knew this. She's <laughs> coming. This Abrahamic cop out. Cop out. Yeah. 
Yes, right. they are our brothers and sisters in Abrahamic faith. Yeah, we can use all uh, that. Yeah? People of the book. Yeah, people like, of the book. Uh, you can't say oh, that in oh, jest. Oh, 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 people of the book. Can yeah, you? No, people of the book. But we can also. In the <laughs> He's same getting way. nervous. No, 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 no. In the, in the, in, <laughs> He's in stuttering. Why stuttering? No, for? no, no, no. Relax. In the same way that you have positively cited the role of Jews and Christians in the Quranic context, do you really want me to now go through all those verses about the Jews and Christians, but Allah is not speaking about them so fondly? Hold up. Hold up. The point is, we can go either way. No, we can't. Yes, we can. I'll tell you why. No, no, no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the Judeo-Christian worldview is distinctly different to the Islamic worldview. I never denied that. Yeah? You alluded to it. No, I never... I know, no, so, that, I never said so that. What what do, I said so, was so, so, what do you want? Affinity. Okay, affinity. So, so, but do you not understand that Judaism and Christianity, uh, as world Abrahamic religions, they have undergone a reformation. They have undergone a reformation which has kind of made them synonymous to many of the ideologies that you claim that we should ally with them to overcome. Ah, uh, that's a very good point. I haven't thought about Say that. Say that three times, so you can get more time. <laughs> On. That's a very good point. One. Okay. Very good Here's point. what I'm gonna say. Checkmate. Do you understand what I mean? Checkmate. No, no, Checkmate. But, no, but do you understand the point I'm trying to make? I totally get. That it. Judaism and Christianity have undergone a re secular liberal reformation, where it's very hard now to now differentiate between them and these ideologies. This is why I'm a big fan of American Christianity. <laughs> Where are you going with this, bro? God. Where is he going? That okay. counters your point, doesn't it? It doesn't. It does because how? they haven't gone through that type of secularism. They have. Plus, I tell you why they have. Okay, do you deny the verse of the Quran, which Allah says, "The closest to the believers are those who say we are Christians." Yeah. Yeah. What kind of ridiculous question are you going to ask me? The audacity to oh. ask me will I reject that verse? Yeah. Well, what is the no, implication of that, me rejecting that's, that verse? That's that's a rhetorical question because, of course, <laughs> have you're you going to say. Are, no? you, are you going to reject the verse? But Allah says that the Jews and Christians will not be happy until until you leave your religion, except theirs. So of course I'm not going to. Okay, that. so well, stop no, asking silly so, questions. So Carry I want to I want to correct both of us in something. Mm. Let's not say Abrahamic faiths mm. because that would be wrong. Mm. Islam is the Abrahamic faith. Their faith is Judeo-Christian, right? Mm. And they use this term. Sam Harris, Dawkins, mm. Joe Rogan, all these guys they use Judeo-Christian worldview. Judeo-Christian. Right. Right. They don't say Judeo-Christian. You know what you remind me of. You remind yeah. me of the psychology. Okay, I'm going to be careful my words here. Yeah, be very the careful. The psychology yeah. of. <laughs> Uh, a certain individual in the early part of the 20th century uh. who literally said, Let's declare war on everybody. No, yeah? no, that's not true. No, no, no. no what no. it is, bro, you have to find allies. No, no, no. Right? That's fine. Yeah, you have, you, have to, you have to have a world in which you, you, you make alliances, you make things. My dear brother. Your mode is from sitting in Bedfordshire somewhere. It's no. basically, uh, let me take on the world. I think what's happened is that you have maybe, it's maybe one of many of your delusions, that what's happened is that by default, you feel that the closest allies of yours or the, that of the Muslims should be somehow the Christian right. I never said the Christian right. right. The Christian right in America. No, no, no I never said yeah. Christian right. You put words in my mouth. But, what no, I said was the American point, Christianity. The, the, yeah, the American Christianity. When you talk about American Christianity, bro, you, you know that you're referring to the Christian right. No, am I'm I not, wrong there? No, I'm not. Okay, so, no, I'm not. So, okay, then, for example, what, Marco, uh, what's Marco, trying Marco to, Rubio, what's, and, and people like this, yeah, mm. people who are the interparliamentary uh, okay. committee on China, these type of people, okay. these are Christians. These aren't necessarily right wingers. Yeah, these are the same people that support Iraq. No. Yes. No, no, no. You have, you have people from Labour, people from uh, Conservative, okay. people from Republican. No, you the have very varied people there. The point I'm trying to make is this, Sabur, is this, simply. Um, on a micro level, regional, national, in our localities, of course we will seek alliances with Jews and Christians and people of all faiths and no faiths on taqwa and bir and things where we can uh, clearly align on. There's no dispute in this. I'm not disputing that. What I do have an issue with 
and I think you have absolutely no grounds whatsoever. <laughs> and it is quite delusional. It's never stopped me in the past. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> is that you are somehow trying to, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're trying to now bring in Islam into a term which they themselves have coined Judeo-Christian. You never hear them say Judeo-Christian uh, Islamic. Because no, no. they man don't want alliances with us. Wait, wait, they on, see wait. us as an existential threat to their well, Wait, wait, hang on, hang on What did Huntington say about I don't this? care about Huntington <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care about Huntington so He's gone into that no, mode No, 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 no Huntington's uh, a serious guy Yeah, he's a serious of course, guy Of course He, he spoke about the clash yeah. After the uh, And even um, uh, Thornbury, right? Yeah. That you first going to have capitalism in this, yeah. in this uh, uh, And communism Then uh, Islam They both said this However, look at what Huntington said he then said the next after Islam is going to be who? He said China. Yeah. So what it is, is that we as Muslims, we just need to, I, I'm not, I don't want to make statements like we're against this, we're that. I'm just saying we, we are more, we have more in common with the Western world. That's all I was trying to say. We have more common with the Western world. Yeah. Substantiate that statement. Okay, so we have the history of having a faith which has similar prophets. Okay, there's that. Okay. We speak similar languages from the perspective, if you go to uh, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, people speak English there. We, we have this history of colonization. We have some trade back and forth. We have had, have had the sort of interaction. We know each other from one perspective, right? As a result of war and colonialism. <laughs> So you now want to put on that <laughs> string Wait, hang on Come You on, want to now put wait, on wait, Do you know on. what you sound like? Reverse Wait, wait, hang on, hang on yeah, Do you yeah. know what you sound like? I sound like um, Don't tell me a, a podcaster from Bedford No, you sound like <laughs> an, you, you sound like someone who's got a clearly misunderstood uh, Interpretation of history I'll tell you why that is Yes, we, on the one hand we can argue that our ambiya are more or less the same uh, the scriptures that we believe once they were initially revealed That they were the sources of truth and they were divine Scripture, of course We can we can agree on all that The point I'm trying to make is And Imran, I would like your thoughts on this Is that the Christianity of today And the Judaism of today The one that we have in 2020 And the one that we've had for the last Well, in the case of Judaism The last 100 years In the case of Christianity The last 250 years Is that it is no longer that type of Christianity Where we can Call upon those similarities Because they have Reformed in their entirety And have mixed Many of these ideologies and philosophies And it's become part of their tradition now And they mm. have conformed so much To these dominant values and, and, and philosophies Which Islam yet has not undergone that reformation Inshallah we don't Well the, the, the second part I disagree with I think to a large extent The Muslim world is going through Or it has gone through An implicit uh, humanism An implicit type of liberalism Not to the level the way the Christianity Not to the level but I believe I believe far more than what you're willing to oh, accept no, we've, we've, no, we've gone oh, through no doubt. The very fact that we have 57 nation states mm -hmm. yeah, The yeah, very yeah. fact that we have 57 Muslim majority nation states that rule. Oh by the very fact that some Muslims were upset About Haga uh, oh, Hagia yes, Sophia yeah. When the mosques in China are being turned into pubs yeah? For me yeah, 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 Do you know what this issue I made a video about this and I also put this on my Facebook This for me was almost yeah, Almost yeah. Uh, a Wala wal bara issue For oh, me really? this was like How can you be upset yeah. At 
a prophecy being fulfilled, a, a symbol of Islam coming back and saying this, when at the same time you're completely quiet about what's happening to the mosques in China. So, look, we do have to admit that door swings both ways. No, no, no. But, but I think I think the point I'm trying to make is that, inshallah, if we ever live to see a time where Islam is revived and prevails from a civilizational point of view, um, I don't. Whilst there's going to be some strategic manoeuvring with regards to who we ally with, who we don't ally with. That's a separate subject to Allah granting the believers victory in this life mm -hmm. on earth, making us khulafa on this earth and inheritors of this earth to establish us on this earth. It won't be through some Judeo-Christian alliance, my dear brother. That's what I'm saying. Right. And, and the Judeo-Christian worldview is something very distinct. And it's something which they themselves define to be very distinct. And yes, in our localities and on certain issues, we can ally with them because there are shared values and principles. But I think when you talk about a civilizational point of view, it is no coincidence that the Muslim majority world found itself in practically at war, non-stop, over a millennia with the Christian world and Christendom. There were also times of alliances. Okay. There was also times the, that the Ottomans well, allied with the Muslims well, against well, well, allied, other European, well, uh, with the French against other well, other well, European well, states. Okay, that's to, that's that's to that's to advance. That's when they were number one, uh, the powerful entity of that region. So they would they would they would ally with the French against the Germans or against the Hungarians, etc. We know this. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, I'm not trying to create this kind of. Um, us against everyone. No, 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 no it's not us against everyone. It's, it's, it's the, what they call it the Manishan worldview. I'm not trying to present a Manishan worldview. The way, the way I see you, Dili, is that you're talking about these things, okay, when Islam is on the rise and we have this and we have that, and things which for me are, think like they're not, they're, they're so far from where we are in the world right now. They're really? Not, they're, yeah. That, Why? Uh, because if we take a situation, and this is where me and Salim would agree, where the vast majority of Muslims don't even pray, right? Okay. And we're talking about I these grand okay. ideas, I never, I never, which, which I, I, for me I, I, are I, I, like... I never knew that. I never knew. I mean, if you can, again, substantially... Sorry man, for taking up so much no, time. No, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm and, enjoying and, this exchange. Yeah, yeah, you supposed to help me out here. What, what, no, I'm, I'm, what, what I find very interesting, and this is, a, this is a position that's been uttered by... Generally, I'm not saying you are from that school, <laughs> um, but, 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 but those who are coming kind of from a Salafi persuasion, right. is that somehow... Muslims numerically praying is somehow a caveat for Allah's victory. Where did you get this understanding from? Okay, so firstly, you do understand that before we talk about a idea which is which has existed in the past, which has existed in the past, and and, and existed for you, for much longer than yeah, it has not existed. Yep, you have a thick of priorities, right? So mm. would we have a situation? No, no, where, I'm talking about praying and Allah's yep. victory. Yep. And that most Muslims don't even pray How's this going to happen? Where did you uh, get that from? Uh, wait Because to be a Muslim Yeah And to uh, to practice Islam You have to put things into perspective and priorities For me the How do you link victory with prayer? I link victory with spirituality Okay And prayer is part of spirituality Amongst many other things Absolutely Yeah So this approach And this is why I don't talk about what you were speaking about Because for me This is not That important For me The most important thing Is that Muslims Rather than talking about Let's break up all the states And make one giant state mm. Is first Let's get the house in I order never, And let's get the house in order And let's get people at least Understanding the basic creed Understanding the basic prayer Understanding the basic things but And how, all of those things how, Are a bit far-fetched how, how are you going to teach Basic creed When you misrepresent The Ashari creed <laughs> 
I never did that. <laughs> you did do that. I never did that. You I was know, laughing in the video. In your recent discussion with, with Muhammad Hijab, I felt that you misrepresented Wait, the, the Did I? Was it me speaking or was it Muhammad Hijab? Muhammad Hijab, but, but, but I think this is a good time for me to throw Muhammad Hijab under the bus. Okay. <laughs> Let's continue this in, in another podcast, maybe. Yes. I, I, don't th- I don't think we're essentially disagreeing. I think it may be a case of priorities. And I guess what I think, as someone who is, I would respectfully say, more well versed in current affairs, in politics, Thank you. In, in history, <laughs> yeah, is that I feel that you, <laughs> you, you may have a skewed and delusional understanding of what the Judeo Christian worldview and civilization is. Moving on. Imran. I do apologize for that. No, it was it was. Uh, it's fine. A written, written apology. Lightning. Okay. Um, to conclude this podcast, uh, this is a subject which I know you both don't publicly address, not directly at least. I know Sabur has some problems, uh, some contentions discussing this issue, but I, I promise and I vowed that we're going to keep it generic. Um, over the course of five years, um, online dawah dramas has truly peaked. Um, whether it be theological differences, whether it be sectarian differences, whether it be political differences, uh, c- uh, celebrity call-out culture, YouTube reputation videos. Um, do you feel that there is a need for this in the online space? Okay, if I, if I have my dawah hat on, mm. I think this is terrible for the dawah, generally speaking. The, our differences, the differences, gen- not across the board, but the the majority of the differences that are being put out there mm-hmm. the discussions the arguments the sectarian issues they are not healthy for the dawah because remember we we most of the time we don't look at it from a non-muslim perspective non-muslims are online say those non-muslims are looking into islam they're searching up islam they come across videos where say you know two muslims are discussing and arguing something which for, generally across is going to be seen as something trivial and they're going, to be, say, they're going to think, well, hold on a second. On one end, you're saying you guys worship the creator of the heavens and the earth. And you're calling people to this. And on the other end, you're fighting over something so insignificant. You know, how, do, how does this now mm. make sense? So from a, and I don't think most people consider these things from a Tao perspective. Because if we were to, I don't think we would put a lot of the stuff that goes out there online. Bro. But it's interesting that you say, if I put my Dawa hat on, what yeah. other hats do you have? Well, <laughs> meaning if, if, if I'm not wearing a hat, okay. right? If I'm just saying, okay, I'm a Muslim. Okay. And these are my views, and there's a Muslim brother. These are his views. Yeah. Let's discuss them. If you don't, if you if you don't look at it from the perspective of what are those people that potentially can be Muslims that mm. we need to communicate the message to? What are they thinking? What are they seeing when we represent ourselves like this? Uh, I don't think we consider that in most cases. What is your view then when a prominent Muslim figure um, disseminates and publicizes a particular view mm. which is clearly problematic or at the very least can cause further confusion uh, and misguidance uh, on a very crucial fundamental basis and he or she has made this position public it's been viewed and shared by hundreds and thousands if not millions of people do you feel that there is a need to publicly address this issue? When the cat's out the bag, yeah. then the right people need to address it. The right people to yeah. address it. So well, who are the right people, not including yourself? Jazakallah <laughs> <laughs> for helping him with that, yeah. bro. Because he was going to... Um, yeah, I was, was going to make a video to a live stream on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Honestly, no, uh, okay, if there is a need... Okay, do you agree with Imran that when the cat's out of the bag, it does need to be addressed? Yes. Should, and I doing? would add something I spoke to Professor Shweb Ahmed Malik about yesterday. Uh, His came, accolades are so big. And yeah, he, he he's a legend, mashallah. So he was on the show yesterday, it's and really we were di- we were discussing 
Yeah, he's just so kidnappable. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice that's him. a nice just, description. Just, just take him. Yeah. You know? Shows his so, state of mind. He's just so, such a lovely brother. Mm. Uh, he'd put up with it. He said, "Yeah, fine, just kidnap me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's a very agreeable, very nice mm. brother, mashallah. Anyway, um, so someone misrepresented his position. Yeah, and. I was like, no, 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 that's not Shweb's position. That's ridiculous. I know Shweb. That so someone was basically trying to say Shweb is just on the line of accepting human evolution. I said, listen, that's total nonsense. I know him. He's publicly said this. He doesn't accept it. He was talking about something else, and by him criticizing the arguments against evolution, it doesn't mean he accepts it. He was just trying to say what the strong arguments, what the weak arguments. Anyway, something me and him were speaking about yesterday is it's so easy to fall into slander. You can look at someone's position, mm. and I'm not talking about any of the fitness that's happening now. I'm just saying of the last five years, like mm. you said, it's so easy for me to take you know one of the first conversations I had with you when we were planning something, yeah, and to take that and say expose, yeah, and it's so easy to do that. Some guy he was talking to me on WhatsApp, and I WhatsApped him some stuff about evolution. Next thing you know, the guy was like, oh, "I'm going to expose you," and I was like, "Expose me about what?" I I just said the normal thing, yeah. So I would say, look, these. Fitnas which happen online, they look extremely bad. It puts off non-practicing Muslims. They're like wish Islam. It puts off non-Muslims. They're like, see, when you get enough Muslims, mm. they fight. And thirdly, and the most important thing is, we forget what the bigger goals are. For example, when Muslims are going absolutely crazy, what are the bigger goals? For me, I think it's absolutely horrendous that so much focus is given. To the, the cruelty that is happening to Muslims across the world uh, In places like Palestine and other places But zero to nothing when it comes to East Turkestan right? I didn't even know until recently mm. East Turkestan was a country I didn't even know that it actually was occupied since the 1940s mm. I put something on Twitter which was very controversial I said if the Muslims of East Turkestan were shipped off to Palestine under a Zionist regime, they would think it's a holiday. And a Palestinian brother, uh, Muhammad Habib, he's a very good brother who follows the channel, Darwinian Delusions, he said, I'm Palestinian and I agree with this. Mm. Yeah? Can, I just, can I just quickly, because um, obviously I've been, I've been delivering many lectures and stuff for the last oh, yeah, five which, years. Which, by the way, I was sharing and I was promoting. No, thank you. Online, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is that I, I've said to... I also tried to get your cameraman, if you remember. As no, well. no, no, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, point, the point I'm trying to make is You know um, you know, when it comes to the Uyghur situation There's, there's various issues here There's a reason why Palestine And by extension Syria Has a specific place In the hearts and minds of the Muslims This is something we cannot deny Masjid al-Aqsa The various hadith and the verses of the Quran Pertain to Sham. Number one Number two There's a lack of education amongst Muslims With regards to the history and the heritage of East Turkestan If I asked you Name me Give me some details about the conquest or, or, or how Islam went into Sindh. Muhammad bin Qasim, under Umayyah, da 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 da. Tell me about some Sahaba who are buried in Nasham, Khalid bin Walid, Amr bin Asr. We know it, right? We will reel these names off. We'll even give you dates. So, one of the things that I always open up my lectures about the Uyghur situation is that look, we need to familiarize ourselves with their history. Yep. Because by knowing their history, we connect with them straight away in the same way that we do with Palestinians, with Syrians. And then there's more regional kind of stuff. So, in the Indian subcontinent, when it comes to the Rohingya and the Kashmiris, we know that because there's a high demographic of Bengalis and Pakistanis in the West. So we raise awareness about these issues. Okay, can I make a bit of a controversial point? Go for it. Yeah? Yeah. And that is, you can challenge it, 
I think this is not being objective. I think you're right, but it's not being I'm, objective. I'm saying it's just reality, bro. No, no, no. What I mean is, not mm. you not being objective. Mm. It's, I would rather be in a place where mm. me and my family or Muslims around me were killed and tortured than our children taken away and turned into atheists. Then our women taken away and forced to marry atheists. Well, I've said this. I've said this various times uh, on nearly all my lectures about with the Uyghurs is that what the Uyghurs, um, our, our Uyghur brothers and sisters, that another Turkic minorities, uh, Muslim minorities are going through, it is so horrific and horrendous that it is very difficult to find an example yes, from yes. history. And the only closest thing that I can find is the Spanish Inquisition. That's exactly that's yeah. exactly what Arsalan yeah. and others use. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, I mean, I am not belittling the horrific uh, policy of the Nazis in the Holocaust, but the Nazis didn't take Jewish women, take their organs, sterilize mm. them, make them adopt um, Nazism or nothing like ha, this. Have Xi Jinping in yeah. the mosques. And yeah, yeah, and the, all of this yeah. stuff. They just they killed Jews. Yeah, they killed. And, and, they massacred and them. On my channel, and I'm gonna plug it again. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I did an interview with two sisters yes. who came out yeah. of the concentration survivors. Camps. Yeah, and one of the things which really shook me and made my blood boil is these were women who were sent to the camps, and. Uh, they said that you know, in, when they were all staying in the room, uh, they would be taken away to a place and they would be raped. Their nails would be ripped off, and this and this and this and this. And the women said that when some of the younger women were being led off, and they sometimes they didn't survive. Mm. They used to say, "Don't worry, we're gonna go to Allah. Don't worry this. Don't worry that." And I kept thinking to myself, "Why on earth?" Why on earth is this not the only thing we're talking about? Because whenever something happens in Palestine, I, I've seen horrific videos, even recently, at a checkpoint someone get killed, at a mm. checkpoint something happened here, this happened. I rather my own family is killed than kidnapped and I don't know where they are. The truth, yeah? truth, truth so be told, truth so be I think objectively looking mm. at it, if we were to do an objective analysis, I would say East Turkestan would be one and all the rest of the countries would be uh, below. I would also probably say that the blood and honor of the believers... Uh, yes. You know, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, differentiate and, and make it into a hierarchy. We can say that one group is going through a far more horrific level of oppression. No, totally agree. But, totally but, agree. but we should be consistent. Because I also feel that when it comes to, for example, the wars that took place in Africa in which black Muslims died, I feel a lot of that didn't get attention. And John mm. Fontaine was raising this. He mm. said, why is it that all the Muslims that died in Sierra Leone, they're not highlighted? It's because mm. they're black. And that's what he said to me. He's a white brother. Mm. And I do agree with him because I've never heard of Sierra Leone. In the no, 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 the, no, 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 no. So I think there's a lot of, yeah, yeah. There's a lack of objectivity. I mean, whether, whether it's Central African Republic. Yes, uh, exactly. Sierra Leone, absolutely. Mali, there, there, yeah. there, there is definitely a racial prioritization of how we address the oppression of the Muslims. But going back to the point of... Uh, Dawa priorities in light of the call-out culture and re online refutation culture. Do you agree with Imran when he said that when the cat's out of the bag, i.e. a prominent figure has made a problematic statement which could clearly result in more harm if not addressed, should it then be addressed? As a general point, of course. Mm. However, there's something that I do personally mm. which helps me a lot. I don't even read up or look at this interfitna. So sometimes people come up to me and they're like, in this beef, who do you support? And I actually say to them the truth. I don't even know what both arguments are. Okay. Personal, personally, on, on my level, I just keep away from it. But as a general principle, what you're saying, no one can disagree with. That's just, that mm. was true a thousand years ago. It's true today. Okay. Um, Imran, um, very quickly, um, obviously, Sapiens Institute, 
kicking off. Lots of webinars due to come out. Mashallah. You can see the very, um, you know, very condescending way he's, uh, no, no, no. he's referring to that. No, no, not at all. I, I did say that you guys are unpaid mercenaries for Sapiens Institute. Bringing mercy in. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you excited about this stuff? Yes, because... Should I say it louder? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's um. It's look. To be honest, it was Ira before was trying to do both. Mm. We we're trying to keep our feet on both mm. platforms, uh, which was difficult to manage. Mm. Now there is a clear focus for both, uh, which is important. And I think that's the stuff Sapiens is going to be covering, is much needed, bro, in the West, in the UK, other parts of Europe, mm. and the world generally over. Uh, and what Ira is doing is much needed as well, bro. Which is the grassroots stuff, the you know the the, the, the grassroots dawa. So it's with, with sapiens, are you? Do you fear at least? I mean, of course, if we go by the current figures, I mean, how many yeah. how many thousands um, registrations? I have you don't got? know, bro. Tw- twenty. I don't know. Thousands. Thousands. thousands I, I, I yeah, just like over that. twenty. It's increasing every day. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Okay. Um, do you feel that you're just going to be? Rehashing and regurgitating stuff that's already been done by IERA in the previous no, years. No, because even now, bro, like we've got webinars now which are lined up, mm. which cover going to cover topics which we haven't gone into as much detail on, yeah. and some brand new topics as well. Uh, so even the ones I'm going to be covering, I've got two webinars. What are you covering? So I'm going to be doing one on the fitra and one on nihilism. Okay. Uh, so some of the content in that is going to be brand new. It's okay. going to be stuff that we haven't covered before. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be far more refined. Mm. Uh, far more detailed And inshallah Far more relevant as well mm. in, in line with what People are going through today Because uh, things are changing By the year bro By, mm. by the month So inshallah It's going to be relevant That's that's the key I think Inshallah um, When you found out About Sapiens Was there a meeting Where you kicked the door down I was like What Sapiens? <laughs> well no Was my, there any such no, scenario? My, no no no, no. <laughs> Was there any such scenario Where you kicked the door down Like right Who's responsible for this? <laughs> No, it wasn't. For me, it was like, okay, what does that mean? So I, I had to be like, sapiens? That reminds me of when, Homo, Homo erectus. Sap- Homo, Homo erectus, sapiens. yeah? Homo what? Erectus. Okay. Homo erectus. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a thing, yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> sapiens, I was like, mm, name. But anyway, it grew on me. Mm. Um, I, I think when it comes to an institute which academically focuses just on this, you can start having niches and focusing on them. Like for one of the things which I'm, I want to get into now is the science of how to debate and i think that's the sort of thing which i after I've, after how many years has this become an interest of yours well i would say i sort of did it as a ragtag type of thing but okay. now i'm starting to understand for example if you remember i i used to whatsapp you after i see your debates yeah, and yes. i used to say to you bro you got this guy yeah and i've started to realize it's one of the best people who can just trap people and, and do a really good job is Muhammad Hijab. Mm. And Muhammad Hijab actually watches a lot of this stuff. He knows what he's doing. You know, for a lot of people, they don't get hijab. They just think, you know, what's he doing? Yeah, not a lot, but some people. The way I see it is he's got a science and he's developing it. So, you know, when you have institutes, they can get into stuff like this. Okay, so, so, how- so, so you have an element of fanboyism with hijab. Yes, and okay. I'll tell you why. I'll okay. tell you why. That's interesting. Uh, I would rather be a fanboy of Hamza than a fanboy no, of no, hijab. No, no, I'll explain to you why. Hamza, a couple of years ago, he said, bro, this guy, he made this video, he spoke about evolution. Can you review it? And he sent me the video, and it was Muhammad Hijab. I didn't know who he was, and he was nobody. But the reason why I became a sort of fanboy of him is I was like, man, this guy, he's just like a rocket. He just came out of nowhere. He sat down with me. He's like, can you go over some evolution stuff? I said, no problem. 
I started talking to him and my man's reading books and he's doing this and he's doing that to the point where he when I gave him an argument, evolutionary argument or argument for the evolution of rationality, naturalism mm. and this is on the way, uh, driving on the way to Oxford uh, when we were about to, uh, we were having a debate with Cosmic Skeptic he got it in the car, like he totally understood it and got it so my fanboyness is not from the perspective of oh he's famous, my fanboyness was from the perspective But that wasn't Imran's reason either No, no, Imran's reason was, was, was yeah. more of him yeah. I just uh, felt that was a tad misrepresentation of why he admires that? That is fine. I accept that. Okay. Um, but I, I'm a big believer that new mm. people that come, younger people that come, like Muhammad Hijab, uh, we should support them. We should help them. And you know, people are like he's. They they like to consider he's rough on the edges. I sort of see him quite similar to myself. So yeah, that's why I, I have a lot of respect for him. And are you excited about Sapiens Institute? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah. going to make some big waves and ripples. Yeah. See, when the questioner asks the question, then according to the same energy, I try and reply back. So I can see you are asking that in a very, you know, no. uh, mocking way. <laughs> no, so no, no, not at all. I'm just wondering that are you going to cause the same kind of role that you did elsewhere? Role? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about role, but I do think. And I good, did, good role. I, I did say to Muhammad Hijab, you're like that. I didn't use these words exactly, but this is what I'm trying to get to. Mm. I was like, you're like that journalist that just goes and finds fitna and just puts a microphone next to it. So in a way, I, I kind of felt like, I don't know if Hijab would agree with this, but it's almost like controversies work. Mm. I'm not saying, I'm not saying uh, bad controversies like between Muslims. Like for example, I'm trying to kick up a controversy about Black Lives Matter and racism. And that's why Aaron Ra responded to me. So then I responded back, oh look, the Undertaker's back, yeah? Because mm, you know, every year he comes yeah. back and gets whooped. So <laughs> I was like, so I'm trying to start that. Why? Because yeah. everybody needs a bit of a controversy now and again. Fair you enough. Know? Brothers, it was an absolute pleasure having you both on. Um, yeah, we should do it again. But before I conclude today's podcast, as you can see, um, there is no barn here. There is no thumb wall offer here. So I invite you both or one of you to arm wrestle me. Yeah, he's ready. Oh, he needs man. it as well, I think. Yeah. He's been going through some. Now I'm going to do you both. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. He's got long arms, bro. Perfect. Three, two, one. Finish him. Fatality. All right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Hamza next. What just happened, bro? You got smashed. That's, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. That's because of you, bro. You charged me through the whole. I'm I'm pleasantly impressed, Imran. Mashallah. So am I, bro. So am I. <laughs> How is it that it's these sapiens guys? So much for passive and all of this stuff he was coming out with. See, he will kick the Ross Clark no, out but of that's you. That's why know, I, I keep once, him bro. close. I have once. He, charged me. he got me to a point where oh I threw a table Oh my god, him. once, yeah? Once, what did I do to you? I, don't know, I must, what, have, I must have did something. Me, yeah. And then he came after me. There's a table. And he flipped it. And he was going to kick me. Imran, I'm, 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 I'm impressed. And what's beautiful about it that you're, you're humble in victory? Alhamdulillah. Let's do my arm wrestling again. Please take the arm off if you can. Alright, ready? Three. It's not fair. It's leaning towards yours. Okay, three. Two, one. Finish him. Fatality. That's good, man. Left arm, left arm. No, no more. 
Brothers and sisters, Jazakumullah um, for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed uh, today's podcast and the various uh, issues and topics that we discussed. Um, any kind of um, politically incorrect banter that we may have stated, it was no specific or even general uh, discrimination against any groups or anyone. Uh, I'm specifically talking about calling Sabur Hobo and this kind of stuff. Um, and on that note, um, I need you guys to subscribe. I need you to leave a comment. I need you to like this video and share this video. And until next time, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Blood Brothers Podcast. Five Pillars of Mad Monarch Production.